We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, the first huge week of the golf season. Magical Kenya Open Pit No. Players Championship. Players Picks Preview. One and done. Bets. We got it all. For you, we already have two shows out already this week. The research show, the player-by-player profiles. Go back and check those out on Mayo Media Network or the pod feed after you listen to this show and see who you're going to waste money on. I can almost guarantee you I have the guy who comes in second. Been very good at nailing those, but here's what I want you to do. Smash the like for the episode, and in the comment section, please give me your favorite off-market type of wager for this week, whether it be a head-to-head, a three-ball in the first round, a first-round leader, a top-40 play, top-continental Euro, whatever it might be, those other markets, not outright winners. I want to hear from you and where you guys are going at this week for the betting card. All odds are provided by DraftKingsSportsBook.com. However, I do have $500 of cold hard cash to give away to one of you, two of you, depending on who it is. It's $500 total. Might just give one person 500 bucks. Might give five of you 100 bucks. I'll decide on Wednesday on the show with Tambo. But here's what you do. You subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. That's easy stuff. It takes about three seconds. It's all down in the description. Leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Even if you've done it before, it's another chance to get back into the draw, make up something, or be genuine about it with that five-star review. Uh, say something nice about the show, and then leave your email or Twitter handle so I can contact you if you are a winner. That gives you 10! I give it a 10! Ballots into the draw for that giveaway. The other two ways to get in is one, subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Boom, that took two seconds. That was easy to do. Scroll down. Boop! 
hit subscribe. We're almost at 40,000 subs, so please, let's get up to that number. Uh, that'll give you two ballots, three ballots into the draw. We'll be subscribing to the free Mayo Media newsletter, where I'll have more players' information coming at you. I don't know if it's going to be nightly. I released one on Sunday. Almost definitely have one on Wednesday with all the final plays. If there's new information that pops up in between, boom, I'll chuck it into the newsletter. Uh, you subscribe to that. It's completely free. You get three ballots into the draw. So three ways, I mean, I guess four ways if you leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, which would be preferable that would be amazing. The Listener's League is now open. There's already 1,500 spots gone. There's $75,000 of guaranteed money up for grabs. That link is down in the description. Let's go fill that up right now. We fill this quickly. We'll probably get $100,000 worth of rake-free money for the Masters, so please fill that up as quickly as possible. And again, fantasynational.com. I did my full walkthrough. You generate your lineups from there. You do your research. Check the ownership percentages if you want. The 20% off the weekly, monthly, or the annual memberships, fantasynational.com slash Mayo will get you there. Jeff Feinberg is back from his trip to Florida, but Jeff, the people need to know, have you recovered from your stroke from last week? I believe I have. Um, I hope that I never suffered a stroke. It was really weird. Maybe I should have done some prank calls via that computer or whatever I was operating on. But yeah, that was really weird. If that was happening in real life, I'd have gone to the emergency room, I think. I, I would certainly I, I don't I, I have would, a I retainer. Would, I, didn't, I, would, I didn't leave a retainer so. in. I, I have I, I blessed my teeth are straight. I never even had a retainer or braces. I don't know. I don't know. That was creepy. That was weird. It bothered me. Um, so I hope it bothered people less than it bothered me. Maybe people found humor in it. It seemed like a lot of people did, but I hope it didn't really turn people off, although it could have kept them away from losing money on my picks. And mine. Batia almost got it done in Puerto Rico, but I was way off the market API. I thought your victor was going to come through for you. Then he dunked it in the water on 16. I'm like, what are we doing here? That really hurt because it's the 170. Water's not even a pl- in play there. <laughs> All I can tell myself is a big Victor Stan is that he was trying to hit it to four feet. And in the effort to hitting it to four feet, it went the complete opposite, which is in play. But he was trying. He wasn't trying to have a 37 foot putt there. He was trying to execute that with my jaw on the floor. And guess what? My jaw hit the floor when I saw that water's not even in play on that shot. At 170. I'll tell you which was a calculated error on my part, was backing one player as first-round leader, yet not backing them for the entire tournament, that being Kurt Kitayama. <laughs> oh, this gives, us, this gives me vibes of your, like, 2017, hearing that. Mayo on a first-round leader mess, and guy wins. What a, what a great win. Amazing. The guy, what he does making those triples... Uh, the, the OBs on the weekend to win against Dragons? Holy, holy. Like, in all the noise around the tour this week, what a just great win. Dare I say, the magic remains not for sale. Although they want to take it away. They're going to try real hard. They're, they're going to try try their best, but maybe, listen, uh, I know that we'll talk about this with Cust in a few minutes, but, you know, I mean, and it's nice that you say they take the, the you can't buy the magic. That's much better than last week. Can't buy the magic. The magic is thought for sale. <laughs> thought for sale. Um, 
And then the the uh, we'll try another Feinberg classic juxtaposition. Uh, then maybe I botched that again of Spieth getting his free relief. Thank God the golf gods canceled his credit card on the back nine on Sunday. And Kitayama's like an inch less than an inch off of the the thing, and it's a penalty. I I know it's weird. I know tournament setups create a lot of weird things and rules. Can it's important to know them and interpret them, but it's just this never-ending circus of televised rules. Or John Rom going over the over the fence into a dumpster and getting a free drop. Yet Kitty Emma, shit, oh well, pal, can't even play it left-handed. Can't even tell the rules official you want to play it left-handed, and then play it right-handed. This is how Phil can make his return to the PGA Tour, because we know a lot of these guys now, they have their nutritionist, they have their swing coach, they have their personal trainer, they have their personal cook. They've even hired, some of the players have even hired analytics people to help them manage courses and which shots they should go for on which holes, and how to really design a blueprint and a game plan for getting to the top of the leaderboard. These guys need to call Phil and be like, Phil, can you just give me advice how I can take advantage of every rule possible? Because it does seem like... You're granted a certain amount of, and maybe it's because we see these guys on TV, TV all the time, but I even joke that, you know, Kitayama just wasn't high enough in the PIP rankings in order to get free relief from there. You're 100% right. And I, while you were saying that, I actually think I just one-upped your Phil idea. Ooh. Daniel Berger never has to golf again. <laughs> he should be the Dean Blandino in the booth. <laughs> we, we have a discrepancy. Let's call Berger. Let's call Berger because Berger is famous. If you track Berger, he'll be on one side of the fairway and he'll go check out a rule situation a hundred yards across the course in his group just to keep an eye. So Daniel Berger should be called just like you're like, just like if you're debating with friends, if that's legit, if that should be allowed, let's have a camera on Berger and let him tell a player what's up. Like, no, you don't get that. Move along. Get out of here. And get it. Pete, like, I'm allowed to have an opinion that it's, I get that there's the rules in place. So it is not cheating. And you can get away with it. In the same way, if your left tackle can get away with a huge hold, I mean, it's cheating, but it's not cheating. They don't call it. Um, I'm still allowed to have an opinion that in my, if there's any time in pro golf where if you're playing with your friends who are the most lenient, at least me and my friends, drop it anywhere. You went in the hazard. Yeah. You want to hit it from there, hit it from there, pal. You still got to clear 120 yards. Do whatever you need. I'm not saying pro should be granted that. But if even the most liberal friends would be like, dude, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck you. Kick you in the nuts. And then you'll spend the next year and a half joking about it in the group text. That and it shouldn't be allowed on tour. I think that's a that's a pretty fair standard to go up to because I'm with you because we do that. We play our like Ryder Cup tournament at the end of every year. There's 16 of us that go and it, it has harsher rules than you would. than just going out on a random like Wednesday afternoon and hitting the ball around of like whatever. Like if people are looking to make sure you finish out your putts, taking your drops properly, but there's still the leniency of, yeah, just drop it here. It's fine. It's not like, oh, no, you can drop it three feet from the hole on the green all of a sudden because, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. We do have one guy in our group who, who 
enjoys to try to get away with this kind of thing. And he is the guy in the group thread that we joke about. So if you're taking his drop, probably not allowed. You're taking everyone else's drop, it's probably fine. But... I really enjoyed the end of Bay Hill. I think Bay Hill is, of course, the players really don't seem to like it as much as a whole, but it just gives some thrilling results down the stretch. And the great thing, and here is the juxtaposition, or as you once said, the justice of position between, because I was watching Puerto Rico on my tablet as I was watching, saying, oh, I was hoping Batia could come back. Batia was down by four. He had no chance of coming back because Echeverria just wasn't in line to make a double bogey anywhere or go on a bogey streak. There was no danger on that course whatsoever once the wind got down a little bit. But everyone who took the lead at some point on Sunday at Bay Hill just shit all over themselves. Just bogey, bogey. It was fantastic. It made everyone live the entire time. And that's the drama that I want to see. Like some courses when you have a clustered leaderboard, and we'll see it this week at the players, basically from 11 to 18, guys can go on six-run birdie streaks. They can put it in the water and blow up you have that drama down the stretch where guys can both score and blow up at the same time and we saw that at bay hill too and it wasn't really the scoring that was the matter at the bay at bay hill it's that yeah there was just bogeys everywhere par outside of 16 was just a really good score coming down the stretch and i just thought it made it really intriguing all very well said um for as great as tory pines is at producing those leaderboards consistently and uh, even Riviera has a bit of Bay Hill where you can find some certain some trouble. Bay Hill year after year Sunday, it just delivers like no other event on tour. No other event on tour, I think, delivers with the consistency of Bay Hill, like the Leishman magic, the Molinari magic, the Hatton magic. All these were crazy Sundays with swings literally everywhere and it didn't dawn on me that everyone who had the lead lot like instantly lost it or yeah, I guess that makes total sense. It was absolutely crazy. Rory's half a dozen back then, then right back in it. Victor makes the double. You feel like the dream is dead three holes later. It's like you're doing the, the permutation in your head. Holy shit. It's on. Um, didn't really expect Hatton and Spieth to melt because it was like short putts that kind of cost them. Um, so that was surprising. And then, you know, Hatton can always bring his act to the next hole uh, that can remain undefeated. But what a what a what a wagon. Scheffler was there, too. And it was and really then all this. It was and even Cantley, who you're like, oh, maybe the sevens, the playoff. Who knows? Yeah, because it was a time where it looked like. Riley was posting the low score that everyone was going to come back. Then Cantlay got into the clubhouse. Then Harris English was just playing U.S. Open golf for 90% of the day. And then, boom, all of a sudden, he's on the board. And he had that putt to get to minus nine. Just missed it. So he was very firmly into the mix, too. And this is all crazy, considering John Rahm won this event on Thursday that I can't believe that someone else actually won. That, yeah, I don't. No secret where I my allegiances and John Rom lie. But some people who have who made me defend him for years because he wasn't winning enough for their liking are now we're now saying nicer things about John Rom than I have ever said on a Thursday. Weird. Golf. It'll get you. Well, I think it's time to figure out who we either need to take if you're on his side or who you need to fade if you're not. A man who was very triggered 
by golf and very triggered about McDonald's and a lot of things over the past seven days. It is Tim on the Cust. Tim and Gust. That's not my name. You are having some uh, issues with the elevated field events. Oh, I don't know. Your your, your new arch I'm nemesis. I'm my suspenders coming in here delighted. Why? I'm delighted with these elevated field event rules. This is great. So you love no-cut events, is what you're saying? I came on this show a week ago and explicitly called for this. Be- well, you explicitly just proclaimed how much you love the Live Tour, and now that the Live Tour and the PGA Tour are looking more and more like each other, I-, I guess that's why you like it. I'm just delighted that I'll get to see the best golfers in the world play at the most meaningful events outside of the majors. Uh, and I guess if that makes me a casual, even though I watch more golf than 90% of sports fans, then I guess I'm guilty. I'm excited. I don't need to see people I've never heard of hit shots <laughs> on Saturday and Sunday. I'm not, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in watching the best players do that. And the players who aren't at that level yet can go to the second-tier events and earn their spots onto the elevated events. So you just really have a gripe with Ludwig Adberg, the world's number one amateur? N- no, no. I used, just used him as an example on Twitter that, like, never heard of this person, don't know who he is, I don't need to see his shots until he wins something. But he was two shots off the lead. Great. Yeah, great. And show me all of his shots. I don't want to see Rom, who's, you know, the reason I'm watching golf uh, that yesterday uh, or Saturday. No, okay, sure. Like, whatever. I'm just glad that I get to win. I, I, well, I, well, well, I wrote about this in my column on DK Nation about the schedule, and I understand why they're doing it, Jeff. I don't know if you read that or not, but I had two kind of main gripes with this. I mean, as listen, as a better, as a daily fantasy player, a DraftKings player, I'm in a minority that who loves like the cut sweat on Friday. I think that is the best part of golf. Obviously, that is not the overwhelming opinion, and I do see what Cust is saying and why they're gravitating towards this. Here's the issue, is that one, if you make it a no-cut event, you make all of these elevated fields that everyone has to play in, something especially like the Players' Championship really loses its spot on the calendar. If all events are elevated and that's the only time that you see these guys, well, then none of the events are elevated. None of them really mean anything at this point. It's just going to be the four majors, and maybe that's exactly what they've seen and that's all they care about, but Two is, I don't know how much bigger this audience gets, Jeff. Like, are you really converting my dad, who's going to watch the Masters for sure, maybe the final round of some of the other majors, to watching at Bay Hill, to watching at Riviera, and making like him from a super casual fan to a moderately casual fan so you can grow the audience? I don't know if we've seen anything in terms of baseball or even if you go out into different fields in terms of media that hammering down on your niche audience is a better business model right now. This just feels like they're going to lose a lot of money. I don't know that they'll lose a lot of money because as much as I disagree with it, I'm not a total idiot. I get who it's for. The sponsors want the players there. The sponsors want consistency in the players in the good players being there. Casual fans just want to watch good players. Um, lots of people will still be happy when they tune in at 4 p.m. to watch the last eight or nine, five holes, whatever you choose. And it's a couple dragons, you know, going at it. I, though, Pat, you could put on any show we did in the WGC era. 
I railed against them then and I'll rail against them now. It's like an NBA game. Give me the last eight. Give me the last hour of golf, like the last five minutes of an NBA game. I acknowledge that will be great to see Rory versus Cantley, Rory versus JT, Spieth versus JT, all the combinations, Victor versus Morikawa, like all those great combinations that um, then only become possible in those situations. I just, um, I, I, I don't, it, to me, it rips the soul. It rips the meritocracy of the sport out. And when you just spent the last year standing on a pedestal, telling me your, your events are more important, telling me why your events should matter or sorry, do matter more than the other one's events. This would literally be like the Colts spending all year telling us it's about the draft. We're going through the draft. We're doing the draft. We're going to fix this via the draft. And then signing Jimmy Garoppolo and trading the fourth overall for a veteran defensive end. You'd be like, what, 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 what just happened here? So I have the puzzle pieces of every word you said to me. There's never been a no cut event in the history of golf that has historical significance. Now you are telling me they mean more. Those events involve tiger and there's not a single one that means a lot other than the tour championship, which was his first win back from an injury. That was important to all of us. That was a 30 man field, but there's no singular WGC win that matters. It's the totality that he won so many of them. And we all just wanted to watch tiger woods on TV. Go, no, no one gives a shit. No one gives a shit about John Rom, about Rory McIlroy, about Justin Thomas. No, they're great golfers, but these are not appointment viewing. And these elevated events this year have shown us that you can have a soul, you can have a cut. And every time the tour gets together, the cream will rise to the top. But you also get these other stories, be it a wily vet on a on an up on a return to glory, be it a no name. Um, and I get it. There are things that I will. I can admit I'm wrong when I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. I'm wrong a lot. I won't be above seeing something that this new system creates and being like, okay, that's good. I like that. And maybe it will be how I look at fields in the C tier events, but you can't tell me something means more when historically it means nothing. So it seems to me that this is the shoe being on the other foot. When I was super upset, they painted all the KFCs green and said, like, this is going to really affect my patronage. I was told yes. that people like me do not matter because we're never going away. And instead, fringe things like the plant-based KFC is there to attract new customers, and it's a great business model, and I should be quiet because I don't know what's going on. How does it feel to have the shoe on the other foot, folks? Well, it's on the other foot. It's, no, it's like a whole stop, of- stop, stop. It's not on the other foot because there's only a limited amount of money that you can spend at KFC. You need to bring these new people into the web. It's my argument that there's just not that many people that you're going to attract into the PGA web anyway. However, with the smaller audience that's already existing, Tim, you can charge them 10x more for other products and they're more likely to buy it. That seems like the better route to go here if you're trying to generate revenue and a more engaged audience. I don't know. I think there actually is room to grow the the golf-watching audience. I do. Yeah, I'll tell you how they grow. We send Rom and Rory out first. So all the little kids who went can see them. That round doesn't count. And then they get to play another 18 going out last. So everyone can see them again. Solved. 
Just have Tiger. Just it's or, a, it, or, go back to, or or go to the go to. Or just pay Tiger ten million in a tournament to show up and play on TV. Just do that. That'll, that that will do more to your ratings than anything. Bring back or appearance fees. People that there's a huge international component to the PGA right now, and having guaranteed deals with Rom and Rory and Victor, for example, ensures viewers watching outside of North America who might not be as involved. Again, one of the things they've taken a shit on every other country in the world. Every other country. They took the hottest dump you could imagine on Australia. And there's, they, 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 there's nothing like, hey, let's get, let's, on let's, everybody. No, hold on. let's get John Rahm into contention so the entire viewing public of Spain can watch him at 1 a.m. in the morning. Like, yeah, and I don't mean they've taken. Let's not consider I, the international market at all. That, that, that's really no, good I don't mean. I don't mean they've it. taken a dump on um, like this new format takes a dump on the world. I mean how they've treated the rest of the world, almost for the last 10, 15 years, specifically the last five. They have shown not one time that they give a flying fuck about anywhere else. So you now giving me the counterbalance that. Um, Spain deserves to watch Rom. I don't disagree with any of that, but they can't. They're just lying. It's talking points. And the weirdest part about golf, Pat, is like baseball's just made crazy rule changes. But you don't, it's not the players who have to be the voice for the changes. It's like the tour, it's the league. They put these players out in front of it, they make these players take the brunt of it. Um, I don't know that I find weird in comparison to other sports where it is like the heads of the league that will, you know, come out and talk to you and take the brunt of the criticism. They just throw their players out there and say, here, play whack-a-mole with our best players trying to tell you the talking points. Tim, it just seems strange to me that we're changing the elevated events when the elevated events really seem to have delivered on the promise of being an elevated event for the three that we've seen so far this year. It's been great. We've, we've had a cut. We've lost some players along the way because they were playing poorly. We got all of the best players we wanted to see that week at the top. And then we got this infusion of a couple other guys too, that you still have to have an avenue of creating a path to create new stars. And you can say that, Hey, go win on the development and create new stars that way. But if we're really creating this huge, chasm between both majors and now elevated events and then the rest of what's going on in the pga tour maybe there's no solving that but if a guy wins the honda literally no one's going to watch and no one's going to care yeah people saw I think pictures it's an, an increase in quality and a decrease in quantity of golf that the average golf fan will watch and i'm not so sure that's the worst idea instead of just flooding the zone you know is anyone going to watch the pga west no not at all because no one important is going to be in it next year but are they going to watch a lot more intensely the other tournaments? I think so. I think it's likely to produce better viewership. I think it's got, I think it's got a real chance to work. And I think the PGA Tour for the first time in the last couple of years has really taken the bull by the horns and realized, okay, the other tour is doing some interesting stuff. Why don't we take what works? I encouraged it last week. Feel what works, and they're doing it. Um, I'm not going to cast judgment on it. I think it has a real possibility to work, and it can draw in more fans who are the quote-unquote casuals. I mean, I'm sure the golf purists don't like it, but... I think it's going to be good for the game. To Pat's point, I honestly don't think with the new format, the audience around at five o'clock on Sunday is any different. Is any different? These strong fields well, always we'll just have great them. leaderboards. 
we'll be able to test this objectively. We will. Right? We'll be able to look and, at and to your, your point about the KFC. True or not true. For your point about the KFC, Tim, I mean, I think the KFC analogy is insane, but I'd almost relate it to politics where you have maybe I am on like I'm an extremist and any notion to the middle, like I don't accept. I yell at my party for it. like you can't move an inch. What are you doing? Look at me crazy on my I don't know what you're your Antifa or whatever. You're right. They, but that's how you win elections. You win elections, you're right, not you're by right. I'm aware. Your base, I'm aware. But reaching is, out to convertible people. I'm aware this is to have the absolute best opportunity to have two superstars playing at five o'clock on Sunday when commercials cost the most. I get it. But I look at the natural, the soul, the meritocracy that golf has in these big events. And in the end, we still get those leaderboards and we get like a Nick Taylor or a Kirk Kitayama, which is such a great element of the sport. Like it's so, and people can relate to that. Even you say they're casuals that just love to see John Rom. They're casuals that are always cheering for that guy, that Eric Cole versus the guy they've heard of the Kirk Kitayama versus the guys that always win. That is also um, appealing to the casuals. And I don't think they realize, or, or they seem to not care about that. They could, I just need a cut. They can go 70 men. I need a cut in some way because no event has ever mattered historically in golf without a cut period, period. That didn't involve Tiger Woods winning, but he's not coming through that door. Just like Patino said, Larry Bird and McHale ain't walking through that door to save you. Well, we'll see next year at the players when there is no cut. As there oh, won't be. Uh, that yeah, don't there, there's, a, there's a cut at the players next year. The players, Genesis, Genesis not having a cut. The players not having a cut. I thought it was players. Uh, I thought, I, I thought that, hold on. I thought the players was having a cut. It's Memorial. You could be right, but Mo- I had read Mo- that. Memorial, Genesis, and Bayhill are probably not going to have cuts. Hey, listen, they have time to amend this. They have, listen, they just changed the rules right. once six months ago. Now they're changing them again. So it does seem like they're willing to adapt. Listen, I want them to be successful. Nothing is better for me than golf having more viewers. Trust me on that one. I just think yep. that they're going about it the wrong way. If it was me, I'd be taking a different tact in order to both create create new revenue streams that are there and trying to inflate ones that already exist in a manner that I don't think is necessarily going to work. And listen, I'm as wrong just as much as Jeff is and anyone else is out there. Obviously, they think that they have a good plan on this, but the problem with the PGA is, as we've seen time after time, is that they sent Tim, and you can even talk to this too, they've been like 20 years out of date on everything. It's golf. Of course they are. They're all 80. Yeah, they did. You know, losing 40% of their best players really, you know, forced them to be shaken and uh, aware that changes have to be made in a radical way if the tour is going to survive in any meaningful way. Well, people like, are... It's a dire moment. Dire moments require dire actions. It, it's not a dire moment. Like, <laughs> the, the PGA isn't going away. Put it that way. You say that, but like... They've quelled the well, poaching. No, no thing is going the away, poaching... But- the poaching doesn't seem yeah. to be happening. There's even reports that Liv isn't signing any more players in 23. I assume a lot of what's happened the players here. On that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you assume a lot right. of these like, changes help guys, but I think this could cause some of those. Someone wrote a great thread on how, and someone could say, I don't give a shit about this guy. He can go, but how these changes really might make a player like a, a Hatton just, um, because if you get boxed out of these events, 
you're you're better and you have name value, you're better off being on live. Well, there is no decision that you can make as a tour that isn't going to have some negative consequences. You Fair. just have to make the one you think will be by and large the most beneficial for the for your sponsors and your top players and the fans. And they're throwing the dice with this. I think it's going to work, but if it doesn't, we'll know. We'll have objective metrics that we can measure it against and we'll know. And I think you're right. But the thing is, they include fans on saying it's better for them. Just stick to this is better for players and sponsors. Because don't better include me. Don't include, it's fans. not better for it, me. It's not. It's not better for the KFC person who wants only what he wants to see every time he goes to the store and doesn't want to see new KFC. No, you yeah, can still order that. Yeah, that's that's the main difference here is you, you can still choose what you want to get in your analogy. In our analogy, they've just you'll taken that off the your, board. You'll, you'll get all You're your like saying if the PGA changed its logo, I would be as upset as I, I would be if they're making the fundamental changes to the meritocracy of the sport. I mean, you'll still get lots of events with cuts, just so you'll have those. Pay attention to more of those than if you want. <laughs> All right, we, people are here for your picks. We, we need to know who you are taking okay. at the Players' Championship. So hit us with it. So my one and done and my winner is going to be Rory. Rory got me onto a, a two-year heater at this championship back in 2019. So I'm going back to the well with Rory as my winner. Uh, and then, you know, I, I know you guys always say that this tournament, so I make three picks. This term, just like Kapalua is predictive of Augusta, this one, that Wyndham is predictive of the <laughs> Players' Championship. I am going to take Sungjae Im. And I'm going to take Kevin Kisner as my other two picks. Ooh. Kevin, I, I I have to know why Kevin Kisner lost in a playoff in two thousand in two thousand and fourteen. That that was nine uh, years ago. That. Oh, hold on, he was in the six. Believe he was in the six man playoff. He was in the playoff. Lost to Furick, and then there was in another no, one. He, he lost in a playoff. Was to he Fur- not in the six-man hold, playoff? Hold on. He was in a six-man playoff at Wyndham like three years ago when Adam Scott missed like the 2 4 yeah. He won that playoff. He was in the playoff against Ricky Fowler at the Players' Championship almost a decade ago now. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the Wyndham. <laughs> okay. There's a predictive tournament for this, just like Kapalua is a predictor for the Masters. This is a predictor for the players. And so I'm taking Sanjay, I'm taking Kisner, and Rory as my winner. Where that's where I'm going with my three Wyndham, picks. Is this Wyndham? I mean, that, that, that's coming from me. I mean, that's what I've been writing about and talking about in the shows, is that just we've seen a weird amount of players win the Wyndham Championship and the Players' Championship. You have Davis Love, you have C. Woo! Kim, you have Henrik Stenson. You have Sergio Garcia. Webb Simpson is another one. Uh, Adam Scott never won the Wyndham. He missed that putt oh. to win the Wyndham. So yeah, if you win or you're competitive, like that seems like that track, for whatever reason, matches uh, Sawgrass. So that's what I'm going with. That's my logic here uh, for what my three picks. And I predicted that slam dunk, Tim will be going back to Rory for his return to a big game moment. Yeah, yeah, you, you nailed that one. I sure hope so. And yes, you have not used Rory in the one and done, so that works out really well for you. Uh, after taking Hideki last week, he won me some money on my two-to-one Hideki to miss the cut bet, so thank you. <laughs> You're so very welcome. Yeah, it's what gonna... are your thoughts on Hideki now, Tim? He's like 90-to-one. Those are long odds. What are his Augusta odds? For past champion, Hideki. And as you know, I listened to one of Pat's podcasts a few weeks ago where the fellow said, if you won once, it proves that you have the ability to win, but it only works in one direction. 
And so, like, Hideki being able to win once means he can definitely win again. That's what the analytics say. That's more about Super Bowls, maybe, I feel. Maybe. Well, we'll see. No, I think it was about golfers. So, so Tim, I, I need to ask you before you get out of here very quickly, maybe we'll expand on that. Did you end up being banned from McDonald's after McDonald's chirped you no, on Twitter? No, I was not. Well, that's good news. No, I was not, despite, despite you all scaring me that that was going to happen. No, I went on separate occasions to make sure I was able, still able to make purchases. Why are you so gullible? That you think a tweet gets back to corporate that then gets to the local manager at one of the two McDonald's you go to. I don't know. I don't know. I was very concerned. I couldn't even sleep the night that night between the two days going back <laughs> to back because I was like very nervous that I was like not going to be able to get stuff. If like, only Bronstetter wrote you an email from corporate. I was waiting. I was waiting for an email to come. This time I had my eyes open for it. If they get, I get an email, it'll be a phony one. I was ready for it this time. I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm not that foolish. Give me a little bit of credit. You're not that foolish that you you thought that you were banned from McDonald's because McDonald's tweeted at you. How? What's it like being one of the few people in the world who've been dunked on by both the Wendy's and McDonald's corporate Twitter accounts? Well, I dunked back at Wendy's as good as they dunked at me. No, you didn't. But I, I don't know. I don't understand why all the places that I love sent starky tweets to me. I don't know what I've done. Well, maybe you shouldn't criticize can, their new product. We on this maybe more long form on Friday. Well, maybe so, yeah, because we have cut sweat coming on Friday. You know, we have time to kill during the cut yeah, sweats, so, uh, depending on the coverage. Exactly, but, so but I can, maybe we can Maybe you out. can try a chicken Big Mac live on the show. I mean, I won't purchase it, but if it's one is given to me, I'll give an objective rating of it. I'm sure it'll be. I don't. I don't. You know what? I'm not going to bias you, myself. Oh, oh, no, 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 really. You're not biased about it. You were just about about to say, "I'm sure it's trash." <laughs> I stopped myself so that I didn't say that, and I'll judge it objectively. You know, if it's good, I'll say it's good. But I, you know, I doubt it's sold. But that doesn't mean I couldn't be wrong. It sold out in the UK in like ten days or something like that. They had no more left. It was too good. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, it took that fellow two years to develop it. Yeah, well, one year to figure out, hey, chicken, that's the move. And then the other one's like, Big Mac, that's two years down the drain right there. And if I understand, the chicken is not the McChicken chicken patty. It's a different chicken patty. Well, that would make sense. Like, they just brought the McCrispy out a few months ago, and I, I let that go. I didn't complain about that. I just decided not to make a thing about that. And, you know, McChicken is still there, but now I feel like it's a bit too much. Like, McDonald's is not about chicken. It's about hamburgers. They have a chicken sandwich, and then they have another chicken sandwich. Now they're going to have a third chicken sandwich to sully the Big Mac. It just seems like too much. Like, it's just, it's just a bit much. And again, They've as, also as, recently you know, in Canada... In the same way Jeff feels, the exact same way Jeff feels about the no-cut events, I feel about these, these changes to these sandwiches. Tim, like, we're we're one and the same. So when you vote... On the awards, remember, Jeff and I are exactly the same on this type of stuff. Oh, yeah, I forgot. People should vote in the Custy Awards. Those are down in the description. The guy who's losing his mind about being banned from McDonald's versus Jeff, who's a very passionate individual, very sensitive, an emotional individual, but maybe not an insane person when you make your vote for most insane person of the year. But we'll all be back together on Friday for the Cut Sweat Live. And Tim, me, you, and Raza for March Madness picks live next Sunday night. Ooh. I'm uh, looking forward to it. I finally got my first. Like, I didn't watch much of the golf yesterday. I admit I was watching a lot of college basketball. 
Uh, I, I honestly, when Kitty Yama tripled, I figured he was done, and I switched the channel. Good, uh, good news for Kurt. And I didn't really watch much of the second shocked half. Shocked you were wa- uh, even the, the watch any. Line. Shocked you'd even watch any shots of a player you'd never heard of. Well, I actually like Bay Hill is the thing. I actually like that track. I think that would be a great spot for a PGA one year. Uh, I'd love to see them do it now that it's in May. Just like they put Quail Hollow, uh, who has, which has a big tournament, got a PGA championship. I don't see why Bay Hill couldn't get one one year. But uh, that'd be a great track for it. Uh, or so if like, that, like Europe cool. had a major catastrophe and like had to hand over hosting a Ryder Cup, but they got to pick the course, Bay Hill. Yeah, that's why that that's why it will awesome. never be uh, a Ryder Cup spot because the the Euros might be too good there. <laughs> um, and Tim, back to McDonald's. Yeah. You're forgetting that their most recent breakfast menu addition was a ch- in Canada at least because I'm sure it's been in the states forever was a chicken biscuit. Yeah, I know. After the chicken McMuffin came in, which I looked the other way on that, too. it's like I'm a very tolerant person when it comes to these changes <laughs> to places that I love to What, cha- but what like, changes? There's no, point, there's, like, a, there's no changes. There's just additions. And you're not tolerant. You yeah, literally lost your mind when you drove by a KFC and the sign was yeah, green. You had you to you, you, you had to well, pull they, you had to pull over to the side of the road because you were having an anxiety attack. I just don't understand why me as the core fan isn't the one they're marketing to. But they are. They they're they're not changing your products whatsoever. Well, they are changing it. No, they aren't. They are not changing the product whatsoever. Because they're not advertising you, it. I want to see the things I like advertised. <laughs> it makes me feel good when I'm buying things that they're advertising. I like seeing things that I uh, that I like being advertised so I can buy them. You're such a fucking snowflake. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I know I'm not. Don't say that. Why? You might be a casual golf watcher for the rest of my life. No, you're the Listen, one. In, I, you're, 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 the one you're the one complaining about products that still exist that you like because they're not on commercials for you. Golf has done you know to me what like Space Cola is, did to you. Here's the perfect solution: introduce the major styles cuts to these elevated events. Everyone within ten strokes of the lead get to be yeah, on the cut. Then you got the cut. That only, but, but the, uh, that, you, that's only a increase. that's that's only a master's rule now. I, but it used to be other majors. Introduce that to all these elevated events so that we have a huge number of people that make the cut. So that you have 90 or 95 people make the cut. If that's just any, then re-implement an MDF. I don't really care. Well, but there, you don't want to split the baby. Introduce everyone within 12 strokes of the lead. Make the cut. Well, there, there's also, I mean, we can't do that simply because, as I mean, maybe you can, but we've seen so far in these elevated events and so far during the beginning part of the season, they can't even finish one round in one fucking day on Thursday and Friday. So I don't like more people in the cut if you're going to narrow them down to two. That means that everyone will have to play in groups of three, which you hate. Well, but also it'll be a smaller field. So you'll get through the Thursday and Friday rounds faster because it's already a smaller field to begin with. So you have a smaller field, but Jeff only really cares about the cut. So take half your cut, but make sure that the cut is everyone within like 12 strokes of the lead. And so like 85% of the people in the draw make the cut, but the, the, the amount of people in the draw is smaller. So you get the rounds in. Well, that's, I mean, objectively the worst idea I've heard so far. But those were Tim's picks. Well, Rory, Sungjae. Well, so, I mean, that's not a real cut, so it doesn't even make sense. Rory, Im, and Kevin Kisner are your picks? They are indeed. Lock it in. All right. Big game hunter looking for his third uh, players championship in five years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. People know that's not true. You know that, right? 
I, I count it as true. I, you know what? Because last year's event ended on like Wednesday evening. I can't even remember who won last year. Cam Smith, your guy from Live, your favorite. Again, not my guy. He's not. Although I do like Cam Smith quite a bit. <laughs> of course you do. He's uh, on Live. You know, again, another one of my guys has gone over to Live. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, last year's tournament Tucson in two weeks. Tucson in two weeks. All right, those were the insane ramblings of one. Tim and August. Tim and August. And yes, that is his name. Players Championship, TPC Sawgrass. We have under 7,200 yards for the Players Championship. Cameron Smith, obviously, as we mentioned, the defending champion, no longer eligible to play in this event. 600 FedEx Cup points, $25 million in the prize pool. But this is the first of, although we did see a 180 to 1, 250 to 1, whatever it is, winner at Bay Hill a week ago uh, in the more difficult conditions, Jeff. Generally speaking, for the one and done or your bets, you probably want to go to the top of the board in all of those because we saw all the names that were populated around it. The Players' Championship is one of these, because they don't normally play at a course like this, where it does feel bomber, short hitter, doesn't matter who it is, everyone's kind of in play. Now, everyone being a bit loose on that, but it brings more of the field into play. And I've always kind of described it as, to mention it, the Wyndham Championship, Colonial, uh, the Sony Open, Pebble Beach, others of that sort, uh, heritage. So the Pete Dye courses and the ones that are like shorter Bermuda tracks along the course of the year are all ones where it does seem like players can do pretty well. And they all seem to be able to do pretty well at Sawgrass, whether they win or top 10, top 20, whatever it might be more of the fields in play this week than it is at the U S open, for example. Okay. So I totally agree with that, but something that kind of caught me off guard and history shows you're absolutely right. And something that kind of caught me off guard this morning was it felt like last week's Bay Hill odds board was um, a lot kinder with some of the better players that, you know, the players sort of behind Rom and, and Rory. But that's a tournament that really does cater more to the elite players. Well, this one, it feels like the board really got squeezed with the really good players again, behind even Rory and Rom. Um, but this is the one that has the bigger wild card ability. So I would have thought the two boards would have looked last week's board to me should have looked like this week's board and vice versa. But clearly that's not the case. Um, yeah. I would agree with you because I think there is just more, much more of a element of randomness to this course. And I talked that through with Joe. I talked about that on the research show. There's just so much water. Good players are going to blow up and bad players are going to make some putts and keep it dry. And they're going to be in contention like Lahiri, theoretically should have won this tournament a year ago before Cam Smith went on his absolute heater on the back nine to take it away from him. And he was like a thousand to one or something crazy like that. But I think you can look to some of these other events to try to get a better grasp of who the sleepers in the field are going to be. Because as I've spoke about, you've spoke about, everyone else is going to speak about it too, that when we get to the top of the board and we look at the top odds and you have Rom, Rory, and Scheffler sitting there before you get down to the next level, it's just a coin flip between which one of these guys is going to have the better putting week, it seems. Certainly, you're kind of bending on that putter when it comes to a lot of players. Uh I don't know. For an event that has a wild card aspect, I feel like for the first time in a long time, I am kind of maybe I don't think I'll ever get there because I have too much fun losing money on building full cards. (laughs) 
but I'm I am tempted on on um, maybe just betting Rom and Rory and one other guy and then a long shot. Like I'm I'm going through that thought in my head despite the wild card uh, factor of it. And Rory is Rory is cussed, so there's always that element. Yeah, so just bet Scheffler and Rom, be on your way, and then you'd be good to go, right? Easy show. We're done. Let's get out of here. And last year's tournament had no integrity. That doesn't mean it wasn't a fun finish or great win for cam smith but like a lot of golf fans what happened last year is just my absolute least favorite thing that can happen in a tournament is where it just feels like the field integrity is completely eviscerated um that's not to say cam smith wouldn't have won regardless i actually almost think he won from the tough draw memory serves me right we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 
I mean, it, it happened over a year ago, and the tournament took place over like seven days. So, yeah, I do think that he came out of the worst end of it. Him or Justin Thomas did, and then Thomas was going to make his run that he completely faltered after he actually got through the cut line from the bad wave. That doesn't really make a difference right now. There are three guys <laughs> who are at the top of the odds boards on DraftKings Sportsbook. I mentioned them. Rory, it, Rory and Rom are the co-favorites at this moment. Uh, as I speak live, I did open with Rom as the favorite, with Rory slightly behind. They're now plus 850, so 8.5 to 1. Sheffler comes in at 10 to 1 before you get into Cantley and Justin Thomas both at 18 to 1 Homa at 20 to 1 Xander Hovland Finau Morikawa they're all 25 to 1 uh, and Jason Day in real time has actually been boosted up to 28 to 1 as someone who played really well at this course even through his struggles comes in with a litany of top 10s to his name that he fits a lot of the trends he's won at this course in the past and he's kind of getting back to where his peak form was so of course that he's going to be a popular play I bet one of these guys Actually, two of these guys so far. And this is a tournament where you should wait for the wind and the tee draws, but I can't help myself, Jeff. And you do need to go searching for numbers. So if you want a cool place to bet, you can find oh, Max. This morning. You can find uh, both Max Homa at 25 to 1 and Colin Morikawa at 33 to 1, two wagers I have made. So yeah, I saw I saw those. I saw the 33. It was like that was weird. I didn't run uh... I think it's gone now. I think it's 30 now. Yeah, I didn't run to make it, although it I don't really care about his form or there are two spike players with huge odds for their ability to spike. And, and it's more and and the huge Sam Burns numbers um, not to fly up the board. I haven't bet that either. I'm just saying guys known to spike at um, this course should fit more uh, But yeah, the, the 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 polar bear, I don't bet there anymore, though. Um, they have some nice numbers this morning. They do. So Homa is someone that I take a look at. You want someone with pretty good form coming in. The only one who didn't really do that was C. Woo! The year that he won. Spoiler, I'm also betting Siwoo because it's a Pete Dye course. It's the Players' Championship. He already has a win this year. Let's go with Siwoo. That seems pretty sensible to me. You want him with those placements, though. And some places are offering up to eight or ten placements this week in terms of the each way. So sometimes instead of betting a top ten, it's far more valuable for less money to bet uh, an outright with the each way uh, instead of just going straight up top ten. Uh, although you lose the two places, you get a big bonus for the odds, sometimes more than double. So there are different strategies to look into when making some of your wagers this week in terms of the players in terms of the major championships that they're going to offer you up these little little kind of edges that you can find uh, if you're willing to go look for them so for you i see homa he led all players in approach last week at bay hill he lost almost four strokes putting it was the most strokes he had lost in any tournament on the greens since the cj cup in 2021 so almost 18 months it's a bad putting performance from one of the best putters on tour not to say that he can't have a bad putting week again but i like to see that the fairways were there for him he let everyone in approach if he can just putt to his baseline i think that he is one of the favorites to win in this tournament we've never really seen him competitive in a major but we've seen him competitive in the elevated events at the Ryder cup this would be the nice next step for him and i think that 25 to 1 odds for him so far this season are very fair there's not a bad word i can say about max homa um and I take that back. I don't have an account anymore at that place, but I still get bets in there. I actually got one in there um, this morning. They were just a little too you don't, invasive. You, you, you don't need to talk about the other books. I was just trying to be subtle. Now you're just talking about it. Use DraftKings. No, they're not good that. places. I was about to bash them. <laughs> 
You don't. It's about to bash. It's better. It's better not to mention it, Jeff. Okay. Well, go to DraftKings because they've go. got uh, some nice numbers as well. Twenty-five on Xander. Um, there were some twenty-twos this morning out on Cantley, Pat, that are still lingering that I don't mind. Uh, how, how? How in God's name is Cantley, who is down to eighteen at DraftKings, shorter odds than Homa? I guess people's watched TV yesterday for an hour at the end. That like that's kind of maybe the only answer I can give you. Cantley's been playing great as well without the win. Um, he never played Bay Hill before competitively at a very fine week last year at the players he got caught in the worst of it in the absolute worst of it and he looked so miserable I actually think he was playing well and then got caught in it and he was bundled up you'd think for a boy from California he'd be used to some coastal cool golf I'd never seen him look more uncomfortable and even last year at the players to your Morikawa bet I don't even care about that miscut he was wearing a baklava (laughs) I'd never seen that before. He looked totally miserable. So you could throw all those um, results out the window in a tournament that had zero integrity a year ago. I I can't speak to Cantley versus Homa. I don't think it's that crazy, but um, I'm not betting Homa. Okay, so who are you betting from the top here? I mean, you don't need to have all your picks solidified as of right now, but I'm curious, from under 30 to 1, have you made a bet on anyone? I have not made a bet under 30 to one yet. Okay. Uh, there is a, uh, I have bet a 30 to one. I bet a 30 to one and I will be betting under 30 to one, but my ability, my, my freeze in the under 30 is because I am legitimately thinking about a Rory or a Rory or Rom bet, which kind of kills the twenties. I would it'd get really expensive. And listen, losing, losing golf, Outright bets is um, the least of my financial burdens and not a fun one. No, but but it's it's the least of my financial burdens in life. I promise you, Um, Victor Hovland caught a 30. I can't quit. Would you just roll your eyes? Yeah, I go right back. I don't care. I don't care. I'll go down swinging here. Listen, I'm, I'm betting more. I'm, be, I'm, bet, I'm betting more. I'm betting Morikawa, so I'm in the same boat as you. I'm just sticking with my guy. At least my guy you know, wins big tournaments. Yeah, your guy has a pedigree for winning big tournaments. My guy, I believe, still has never won um, in the U.S., but maybe that means he'll feel comfortable on the island green. Uh, his short game sucks, but when I bet Victor Hovland, I'm dumb enough to actually think I'm going to hit 16 greens in Reagan around. Well, if he's going to win, that's how he's going to do it. I all, Yeah. And I also believe, um, you know, due to regulation, this doesn't exist for me anymore. But if I'll take the victor by a field goal, too, because when he wins, it's going to be by the field goal. Yeah, so if had- they want to give me something juicy enough on that, I'll go. I'll go. I'll dunk, I'll, I'll dunk in. I'll dunk all in. I'll hey. be so glazed in Victor. So no you, pun intended. You like Hovland. You've bet Hovland. I've bet Morikawa and Homa because you're waiting to see whether it's Rory or Rom that really speaks to you. And I think that you need to give up on the 20 range if you go with Rory and Rory and or Rom and or Scheffler. If you're going to go to the very top of the board, it doesn't mean you can't have a Victor at 30 or a Homa at 25. It means basically you're done with the rest of your card at that point if you're trying to you know return 5 to 8x what you invest during the course of the week. 
Yeah, of course. It would be like a Rom or Rory with a Cantley or something or a JT. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's yeah, the name. I, yeah, it'd be hard and small and hard and powerful. Things that aren't me. Well, I'm small. Um, yeah. And as I, I don't mean to jump ahead of it, Pat, but, but you will. I can't um, can't not bring the name that DraftKings is, is put a 35 beside last week's darling popularity. Will Zalatoris. We are seeing what we didn't see a month ago. Back to back events. He decided he didn't have any part of it a month ago as a golf fan taking betting away for a quarter second. I think that's an incredible sign. So I'm happy for you. Maybe there's just so much money involved. He's just not missing it. So I love that he's playing back to back um, and 35 to one. And he's he's played what two just outside the top 20s here. Counting so, for me. I, I if you want Zalatoris, I, I'm waiting to see what happens with Justin Thomas because we just kind of glazed past him. I think that he's closer to the big four. Obviously, I bet on Homa. That's been kind of the discussion right now. He's at 18 on DraftKings Sportsbook. I don't know whether or not he's going to be a popular wager or not, but I really liked what I saw from him this week because it was all putting related. And if there's one thing, when you look back at, yes, I mean, he's won this event. Obviously, Justin Thomas can be a good putter. Normally, he's not a good putter. And we've just seen a lot of bad putters consistently do well at TPC Sawgrass over the years. You're going to have to have a good putting week in order to win, but that's not exclusive to only the good putters for a baseline. If he can just get hot for this one week, I think his game is rounding into form. I like what I saw out of him. And Zalatoris is kind of the same way. If you want to bet Zalatoris, I think that you wait because I don't think anyone's betting him now. Yeah, it's gone up. I think when I woke up, it was 28. Now it's 35. Um, so sure, we can watch that sucker keep on uh, keep on moving, and even some attractive numbers on Finau this week, Pat. I've seen it as high as thirty, but this just looks like a place where, weather or no weather, he has never seemed comfortable here at all. No, but we've seen that from Finau a bunch of times. Like I bet Finau last week at Bay Hill big miss on my part but he didn't play poorly he just didn't play really well he was just kind of above average and he had never really played that all that often or done really well we saw it in phoenix a few times i think he had missed four straight cuts before the year that he lost in the playoff to Webb. so i think it's just yeah when you have 38 kids that sometimes you come into a week being like oh i gotta get out of here or you come in laser focused and i don't know what it is with tony but no i'm not going to be on tony i've kind of told you the guys that i want i want to monitor that thomas number i want to monitor that zalatoris number that you picked up i've already bet homa i've already bet morikawa i'm not going to the top of the board i have sprinkled down the list a little bit but that's where i'm at right now with this top end so we can move to the next range you mentioned hovland he was just a part of that other one i've been listen i've been talking about tom kim for ages i bet tom kim already i bet him at 80 previously uh you can double down on him at DraftKings right now he's 35 i believe let's see no he's down to 40 to 1 uh at DraftKings. so that's an that's a better number uh than we're seeing it's more competitive in the marketplace there's still 50s on him out there i like the 50 obviously uh i like the 80 that i have obviously but i like tom kim at this course tim mentioned the windham he just won the windham and you're gonna know with tom kim pretty quickly i think i've already made this case a few times so i don't want to have to rehash it over and over but if he starts making his like 15 foot putts on the front nine on Thursday, he just might go electric on the greens. So they're going to be really good or really bad for him. Cause like Morikawa, that's what it kind of comes down to with him. You've been calling this one, even like Babe Ruth pointing to the fences 
I mean, uh, so if you get this, I'll give you second place outside of Tambo calling his shot in a in a in a DraftKings tournament. <laughs> and Tambo's winning so much, Pat. I don't know if I've congratulated him on the wins. It's like, I think I just congratulated you yesterday on a big win. I'm not sure if this is the same big win. Should I be congratulating you again? Oh, no, it's a different win. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. What a machine. It's great. Give him a high five for me on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Not, and he's going to be gone. He's going to the, he, he got another seat in the uh, DraftKings Fantasy Basketball Championship. So he won like 100K over the weekend. <laughs> he now has three spots. I don't even know if he watches the NBA, but he has three seats in the live final. I literally have no idea if I'm like double dipping and giving him props or these are different ones now. They're just coming in. I'm seeing them in my feed by daily buy daily i guess that would mean every other day i don't know it would be twi- that up. it'd be twice a day or every other day depending on how you wanted to look at it well like if i said buy monthly that would be every other month to me okay but yeah. maybe i'm wrong about that and i don't know no no i i think you're right maybe i was wrong about that i've never heard buy daily though that is uh you're i i'd never heard it either most people just I say twice heard- a day well, I was gonna should have just said every other day. Or every other day. Implied. Yeah, I yeah. suppose. So um, so from 30 down to 100, I told you the two guys that I bet, Tom Kim and Siwoo Kim. I got 75 with eight places on him. I was giving Lowry a very hard look. I don't love the 50, and I don't like the fact that he keeps playing. Like, they, we talk about guys needing to take a little bit of a break. He's a guy who needs to have a break. He's a big boy. <laughs> so we were at five in a row, and I guess he felt committed to Honda because he lives uh, just down the street, like and- a lot of guys do, but... He he um he enjoys it, and it fits his game right. A lot of the better American players that they don't want to be humbled. The uh, elevated purse isn't big enough to be humbled at a place like the Honda, like it is at Bay Hill. I love Lowry too. I'm not betting him. He's got a great history here. Um, like his history here is almost the complete opposite of his Bay Hill history. Like just he- a lot of consistency. Good Lowry making cuts, doing doing quality things. And we saw Lowry last week, despite all of the problems he had had historically at Bay Hill, he really only had one bad round at Bay Hill. Round three for Lowry was an abject disaster. Same as Tom Kim. I mean, Saturday was pretty tough on the course. They got it going bad, but his other three, I mean, made the cut. His other three rounds were great. So I, I can still be talked into it. I just need to get the right number. 50 to one is not doing it for me right now, but if he is someone that f- starts falling down the list and all of a sudden there's like 80s out there on Lowry, I do want to save a bullet for something like that because I think his ball striking is fantastic at the moment. Overall, T to green is great. He's the number one Pete Dye player over the past 24 rounds we've seen him do well with those other shorter Bermuda tracks like you just mentioned at the Honda Classic we've seen him play well at the Heritage it's it's all it's all coming up roses for Shane Lowry if he's making putts uh, which is not something he's done all that much over the past six months but again this is a a course where we've just seen ball striking over putting and hopefully the putter comes along that is your path to victory here I don't want to abandon the range. Um, I know Tim picked Sung JM as one of his picks, so maybe that could be a dead zone for people. And I feel like in DFS, I noticed that he's pretty highly priced compared to the players people might consider in his tier. Um, I don't know. I think that was a pretty good pick for by Tim, though. I'm always tempted. I always get get sucked into that vortex of uh, he lasts deep. 
he's going to last deep into this process as well for me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because when you're creating your short list, you need to have the guys on it. Then you have to systematically cross them off as the week goes along. And you also get talked into other players by other people that are around and opinions change from Thursday to Wednesday. That's why we do the finalized picks on the Wednesday show. And I put them in the newsletter, which you should subscribe to right now down in the description and get those ballots into the draw for 500 bucks at the same time. Because there's a couple guys that just seem like Spieth isn't going anywhere now that he just had a good week at Bay Hill at 30 to 1. I liked Spieth DraftKings wise coming into the week. He's another one who's just never really played well outside of his first ever appearance at Sawgrass. I have interest in Day, but 28 to 1 is not going to cut it. How about your boy Ricky, 50 to 1? People waiting for me to get on this wagon that everyone is on. I love Ricky. I love the direction. Let's keep moving forward. I am not of the opinion that Ricky's going to show up and slay dragons. We just saw Kitty Yama do it. I'll ball like a baby. If Ricky does it, I'm not comparing Ricky to Kitty Yama. Um, you know, I didn't like Matsuyama at the Masters a few years ago because I didn't think he had been tasting enough smoke lately. Despite playing fine, the smoke tasting wasn't there. If I get bitten with a Ricky win, I'll take it. But I'm not betting it. 50 to 1, I'm not betting it. I'm not. Um, also at 50 to 1, maybe the second most popular player. I've seen the number crunch, just sort of like Jason Days has, Pat. Uh, your boy, our boy, your boy, Paul, Paul's boy, Keegan. Well, Paul, People loving some Keegs. Paul, you are the official Keegan Bradley whisperer of this show. Is this going to be a Keegan week to win? Yeah, but I don't really like the like. I like the number better last week. Yeah, fifty to one's it's a bit short for Keegan. Fifty to one is not getting the juices flowing the same way as eighty to one last week. I mean, what happened in round two is always live for Keegan. <laughs> he had a great Sunday. Got back into the top yeah, no, ten great. fold for me. So, it is what it is. But there, there are players in here I like Jeff, who I do think can win. It's just they're not getting my money at their. Uh, current odds in this field like Lowry at 50 Keegan at 50 Fowler at 50 you just throw those out Cameron Young's not getting my money at 35 to 1 Day isn't getting my money at 28 to 1 Connors isn't getting my money at 65 or Mitchell at 60 like these guys need to be bigger for me to bet on them in this tournament Siwoo I know that he can win at this style of course but that's more of a personal preference play he's one of my favorite players of course I'm going to bet him at 80 to 1 but at least he has four PGA wins all specifically on these types of courses so I think you can make a better case for him like honestly you see Fleetwood and like Burns just isn't in the form at 70 to 1 I know they have to protect against the fact that he's won six times or four times in the past two years that's all there Hideki at 80 is intriguing despite the neck injury coming in. Harris English is another player who I could see breaking through, but those odds just got crushed after last week. But Chris Kirk is 80 to 1. I know it's weird. We talk about Chris Kirk never wins. He won two weeks ago, wasn't on that at 30 to 1 or 22 to 1, whatever it is. But if we're talking like Keith Mitchell and Thie Gala and Connors and Ricky, Kirk's in better form. He just won, and these courses are his jam. He's loves Florida. He's playing great. I, I wouldn't be betting him to win. If there's things you want to do with Kirk, I, I, I don't know what they are. Maybe it's a top 10. Maybe it's a top 20. Maybe it is a win. Obviously I like Siwoo better at the same number, but it's just, it's striking to me that he has fallen back on the board where guys like Harris, because of one good 
Sunday. Harris English is now higher. Harris English, if we had the new rules for the elevated events, Harris English wouldn't have been in that fucking tournament yesterday. Yeah, a couple of dogs. Dogs barking. Dogs barking. Um, Yeah, and Harris English is a type of player, Pat, where he was a complete red ink on first look, but we kind of been like, the moment we see him catching life, like maybe there'll be an opportunity there. Um, He was hitting it. He was hitting it like Scotty Scheffler yesterday. Straight as straight as an arrow. Him going for sixteen and two out of the bunker and absolutely like oh. crushing it. I was like, "What the fuck is this guy? Where did this come from?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then you see Vic go in the water. Oh. Yeah, do you see? As long as he should have been like two eleven away in a fairway bunker, then Vic would have been fine. What do you get? Here's another one. I know he just had a terrible Arnold Palmer Invitational. Did make the cut. Hasn't missed a cut since the Shriners. Has a win in between on a course that, listen, it's a much weaker field, but we've seen certain guys do well in Bermuda at the Butterfield Bermuda from like the lower end. Why is someone like, and listen, I, I, it's, I, this is a theoretical, a straw man talking point. I understand that because Thigawa has been playing really good golf. But why is Thigawa 60 to 1 and Seamus Powers 100 to 1? There's there that's multi. There's a potpourri here, Pat. Um, Tagala, at least in the niche betting community that does this stuff, is really popular. Sure, he I is love him. Really popular. I, I get why he people resonates. like him. So and, and not to like, we know that matters. Is like betting is as much not. You know, I don't want to say setting fair numbers, but they 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 know. They get action on this guy. They must see in their systems that they take action on this guy because you're right. His number, as much as we like him, his number should be um, a bit higher, maybe closer to Fleetwood or Adam Scott, who some could argue the 110 at DraftKings on Adam Scott could be a little disrespectful, but he's kind of all over the place. The approach is trouble with the approach lately, which is so anti Scott. True. It's funny. As soon as his putter started getting a lot better, the approach got a lot worse. And maybe those two things are correlated in the way they calculate strokes gains. I don't know. I don't know how that's calculated. But it just does seem really strange that he went from being elite in one thing and terrible at one. And that's kind of flipped on its head right now. The, when you, Yeah, the, the spike putting weeks he's able to have when you load up Fantasy National. Well, no, there's a spike putting weeks because there's also some real bad ones. But <laughs> Yeah, you are you are right. The the you wish if they had approach stats that matched his putting this year, I would be all over the hundred to one on a course that he loves. I'm looking at the past twenty four rounds right now on fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself that twenty percent off. Past twenty four rounds, Tom Kim is sixth in the field from ten to fifteen feet, a hundred and thirty second from five to ten feet. That's such a bizarre split. That's the worst. Mav McNeely's number one in both. And I don't even know if he's playing or not. It's like, it sucks. I said it before. If your team has a good kicker, you don't even have to watch the extra point. You can go take a piss, pour the drink. You have a bad kicker. You're still like, like melting in front of the TV before the extra point. That's what you do when you bet the bad putters on the four footers. You can't, you got to hawk the track. You can't, you can't breathe yet. And it's funny because Spieth covertly suffers from Will Zalatoris syndrome, where if you get him 50 feet away from the hole, you have confidence that he'll make it. But from three feet, you're just for sure going to miss it. 
silly, silly game. But you've mentioned bad putters have have um, have done very well here in in their career. Yes, um, even Luke List won a Corn Fairy event here during the pandemic. I think I don't know if it was at I was at Sawgrass, but I don't know if it was this course. I think there's another course on the property. I think Kirk won there too. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. I'm so, not getting sucked into Luke List. Don't worry. Okay. This week. Yeah, I don't think I can either after uh, the travesty of last week. So I mean, we did mention Fitzpatrick. I think Fitzpatrick is super live, but that's not going to end up getting my money. Just I'm not really a Fitzpatrick guy. Rose, Kitty Yama's now up here as well. Connors, I mentioned Thigawa, Burns, but- Fleetwood, your guy. Kirk is all around here. But I've made my choice. I'm going with Tom Kim, who I think is going to win. Um, relative. Listen, I think the Max Homa has a better chance to win, but you're getting better odds on Tom Kim and Siwoo. Those are the two guys that I'm going with in here, unless someone really falls down the sport. I, too, like you, was kind of had a moment of Fitzpatrick, but I can't bet him. There's one course <laughs> in America where his game, what he does well, what you rely on, doesn't abandon him when he's in an ideal position headed into the weekend. It's only one course on earth. Thank God he's won two of the biggest golf tournaments. You could put your name on there. So congratulations, Matt, but I'm not betting you. Long shots. I did mention that in the each way market this week, that there's the potential to squeeze more value of an outright bet along with a top eight or top 10, depending on what's being offered at 150 odds of that outright, then rather betting a top five or a top 10, because uh, you're probably going to get dead heat ruled anyway, unless you bet it at a specific place. And then the odds actually get shrunk if there is no dead heat rule in play. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, this probably doesn't matter to you. So just ignore it. But I made two bets long shots uh one of the numbers is gone because i think it's gonna be a very popular long shot after what we saw out of the weekend i talked about him with you a little bit on last week's show after what i saw at honda i talked about it with tambo i got webb simpson with eight places at 200 to one that's down to a hundred to one in some spots i do not like that number but the approach play is starting to return it's what he's now turned into tommy fleetwood he's one bad round webb and the bad round is god awful and takes him out of the tournament but yeah we have good vibes here he's won this tournament he's won the Wyndham. played well at sony played well at every pete die course on the map if he can just figure out the driving and keep these wedges going and then start making some putts listen man he was making putts from off the green <laughs> when he won the players championship it just oh. seemed like a really big number for everything you said about harris english like you're waiting for that moment it seems like the books were late to react from maybe what we're seeing from webb simpson at this moment right now so 200 to 1 with eight places and i just said fuck it the numbers tell me what i'm seeing and the results are seeing are true ben griffin 250 to 1 with eight places i think he could come Ooh. like fifth here okay love that I don't know that I'll follow it, but but that's one uh, I wasn't I wasn't expecting uh, that. Yeah. L- l- what do you want? Webb my- won by a touchdown. Didn't Webb win by a touchdown here? No, nah, he ended up winning by four. I think he was up by like nine at one point on Sunday and he just started fucking around. Listen to listen to this with Ben Griffin. He was he lost a bunch of strokes on approach last week. But that's fine. He still came 14th uh, at, at an elevated event at Bay Hill, which doesn't really play to his strengths because of that distance. 21st at Honda, missed the cut at Pebble uh, with a very bad driving round at Pebble Beach. 31st at Farmers, 32nd at the American Express, 12th at the Sony Open, one that we like to look at here. RSM, top 30 there. Houston Open, long course, tougher course, 16th at that. At Mayakoba, he was 59th. Bermuda, another one that I mentioned, third place there. Wyndham last year, 
fourth place in his first basic PGA Tour start ever. This guy's been really good, and the problem plaguing him throughout the course of the swing season was he wasn't driving the ball very well. He's only dropped strokes once off the tee, and that's against some of the best players in the world uh, just once over his past nine starts. He's hitting a bunch of fairways. The distance is good enough. He's only dropped strokes on approach once over that same period. That was last week at Arnold Palmer uh, around the green. Gained four straight. He's gaining either a bunch on the greens or slightly losing. Like It's a very nice spot for a guy who's as deep as 300 to 1 on some sites, but I did want to get that top eight each way. That top eight pays 60 to 1 this week. Oh, man. Yeah, that'll pay more than the winner. Yeah. Maybe double the winner. Three times the winner. And to look at what I'm talking about when I say the each-way odds, depending on how you want to play it, if we go to top finishes right now and we take a look at what his top 10, top 10 odds are in this market, we take a look at the top 10, we take a look at Griffin, we want Ben Griffin, he's 16-1 to 1 to come inside the top 10. Or you can bet him 60-1 to 1 to come inside the top 8. But you, but you also have that out of having the outright in case Kurt Kitayama situation happens. And all of a sudden you're sitting there with a 250 to 1 ticket for him to win as well as top 8. It'd be one thing if it was like 33 to 1 for a top 10. But it's not. 16 to 1. It's like one-fourth what the odds are. Anyway, those are my two bombs that I've found right now. I'm listening to my guy Justin Suh. Like Justin Suh, maybe get back on some Eric Cole action. I don't know if I'm going to get to that point. That might just be reserved for top 40 to make the cut DraftKings. But as outright bets, those are the two that I went with. Super bombs. Bo Hostler. Oh, yeah. Great call, Jeff. No, no. I, I, I'll i stick to a friend, but we're not going to Bo. We're, we're not going to Bo Hostler. It's often abysmal week. Off an abysmal week. I just had it up, but then I went to look at how bad Billy Horschel was playing because I see it's 180 to one, but he's playing bad. Um, this might be a well, it's a 220 to one, so you could you don't have to make fun of me for it. Uh, Taylor Pendrith. Oh, I don't mind Pendrith. It's funny, the courses that I mentioned are actually the courses where he's a bomber who plays well at shorter courses, yeah. So that's one that I kind of have uh, my eye on. He, I'm a fan. That's even a top Canadian. You, you want a, you said people should comment with sort of um, side hustle bets. Pendrith, top Canadian. That's my contribution. I could see Hadwin did it last year. They were both really good last year. Uh, this is a very good Hadwin course. Hadwin's been sneaky. He's been sneaky. In terms of sneaky what? Sneaky bad. good or sneaky bad, according to you? No, sneaky, like, whoa, he's playing well in places I wasn't expecting or even him lingering a few weeks ago having a quality event. Yeah, he was, so, was he it was, Genesis? It was Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. And the putter went bad last week. The putter went bad at Genesis. The approaches went bad at Genesis. But, you know, he's played well at the American Express in Houston, and he had the top 10 in Phoenix. So two top 10s in his past six starts. He was top 10 at this tournament a year ago. It just it fits his skill set really well. But if you, if you see anything from him this week, you know he's going to be like 20 to 1 to win Valspar next week. Oh, yeah, that's right. The famous Valspar. And then, geez, if this Sam Burns train continues, what's his odd next week? Six to one. He's the new Paul Casey. <laughs> Doesn't matter what he does. He'll just win Valspar. I guess. Fair enough. Um, there's no way Tiger plays in Valspar, right? It's a no. dumb question. I, if he didn't play this week, he ain't playing until the Masters. 
probably right. Um, and he didn't even make it official. He just sort of let the deadline go, yeah. which is official. But yeah, we're not even getting um, a, a heads up. I'm not playing. We're just we saw the field and we were sad. How about a guy? Would it strike you as odd that this player has gained strokes on the greens at Sawgrass in five straight years and six of seven years? And I told you he was 200 to one and hasn't lost strokes on approach or off the tee in any tournament since last year's Travelers Championship, a span of 10 tournaments. Am I supposed to guess the player? I I, used, I got lost there. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, you, you can guess. It's just he's a bad putter, but he puts well at this tournament. No, I honestly don't want to guess because I didn't really hear you well. Because you weren't listening? Gary Woodland. Johnny Vegas. Remember the Rory year? Vegas making that big putt on 17 across the green? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's still in there. That was in like a player's promo pack I saw on, on a TV last week or something. That might have actually been a chip, not a putt. Because I remember him. I think it was, it was uh, a putt. I think it was fresh Eddie Pepperell had a chip in, uh, in that year, too, as I'm recalling it right now. But he's actually played really well at the Players' Championship. He missed the cut last year, 61st, 3rd, 41st. He has another top 10 back in the day. But he's coming in just playing some really good golf at the moment. Uh, and he's 200 to 1 even longer in some places. I don't know if that's going to get all my attention. It might not get my money, but you know, a top 40 type of wager is probably going to pay pretty substantial on a player like that. And that Johnny Vegas putt is the second best putt we've seen there. The best putt broke me and my Furyk bet, but it was very good to you. Very you good to me at 80 to one when party Marty Keimer from across the green on 17, oh, basically replicated the tiger putt. Yeah, that oh, I draw, I bro, I, I hit the deck in the bad way when that one crunked in the bottom. That was a great <laughs> one. Until, I mean, Keimer, Siwoo, I'm about due for another big long shot winner here. So well, maybe maybe Ben Griffin can be the key to all of this. That's probably too long of a shot, though. Just hope for a sixth place. All right. Oh, you'd be funny. You're going to win more than the winner when you... If that cashes. Yeah, but I don't bet it the same as I bet Homa at 25 to 1. It's, it doesn't okay, pay, yes, it so doesn't pay out the same. You're right. It doesn't. It's Yeah, you can't even, like, cash it out. It just helps pay for next week's bets. You're right. You're well, right. Yeah, I, I put it this way. I win money on the week if it hits. Don't get me wrong about that, but it's not the same as hitting an outright winner because, you know, it's staggered differently. Basically, the combination of what I play win versus each way is the same as what I play on just the guys to win outright. Totally get it. So you excited for this tournament or what? I am. I'm excited for our cut sweat show. That should be fun. Um, I'm excited because the weather, well, it doesn't look totally docile. Uh, it's imperative to me that the important events can have some field integrity. Uh, I don't care much for, for the wave advantages and that when we get into the huge events. So it looks like we're getting it fired up with what's happened in the elevateds this year. This should be a great precursor. And what, the Masters 33, 34 days? It's got to be under, just based on remembering when people were telling me it was 50 days away. It feels like that was a couple weeks ago. Let's see. It is March 6th as we record this. I think the Masters starts, yeah, April 6th, April 7th, because I'm going away on the 12th, which is the Tuesday. So, yeah, it would end on the 10th, starts on the 7th. So, yeah, 31 days away. Awesome. 
exciting times in the golf world. So the quick picks and the one and done selections of the week to run through cuss picks. He's taken Rory, Sungjae, and Kevin Kisner because he was once good here 10 years ago. Now Kevin Kisner is going to win, isn't he? <laughs> That'd be a big hit for Tim, by the way, if Kisner won. That'd be huge. I'd, I'd not even in my thought process. Does Kisner even qualify for the elevated events anymore? I don't think so. But hey, like Mel Naughty, all these guys, they can sell the talking points because finishing 30th in the C events pays great. So they can sell those talking points easily. I promise. Kevin Kisner made the cut at Pebble Beach, and then he's missed three straight cuts. He, he was in all the elevated events. He has not played well in those. So maybe this is going to be uh, the elixir, the magic elixir for Kevin Kisner this week at the Players' Championship. Won't be getting my money, but, you know, probably won't be getting Tim's money either. Let's be real here. He is taking those three. Rory is his one and done. We'll get to ours in a second. My bet so far for the Players' Championship. Max Homa, 25-1. to 1. Colin Morikawa, 33 to 1. Tom Kim, 50 to 1 and an 80 from before. But 50 is available right now if you want to go take it, which I suggest that you do. See, woo! Kim, 75 to 1 with eight places. Then two mega bombs. Webb Simpson, 200 to 1 with the eight place each way. And Ben Griffin, 250 to 1 with the eight place each way. What do you got so far beyond Victor Hovland at 30? Yeah, so Hovland is in, and I'm going to do this as if I'm not going to bet the top because I really don't think I am. I don't have the stomach for it. I don't want to bet it like I don't want to put those chips in. I'm just I don't. So Victor at 30. I can see a Cantley at 22 that I do like. Um, Willie Z's at 35 at DraftKings. Pat's telling me to wait on that. If I stay in that ecosystem, you could probably even see me play Cantley and JT on those 20s and those two bodies I want in the 30s. Um, hey, let's let's bring this losing streak into March, baby. As for the deeper ones, I'm swimming around that boost. Pat, to do a show with Pat, to have him talk about this Tom Kim thing for months and to watch it happen, I would not sleep well. So that's something I really need to consider. I'm going to make Pat throw up when I say I'm also considering Corey Connors. See you next time, folks. One and done for you? I'm going with Maximum Homa. Okay, you're going Max Homa. I will go... I'll go Cantley. I haven't used him. I will check to see if you have used him. You have not used Cantley as of yet. Cantley. Let's throw him on there. Maybe you should be saving him for the Masters, but they're better players. You're saving Cantley for the Masters? No, I said maybe. It's a dumb thought. I thought I was saying something out loud. Don't worry. I suck it. I- I'm bad at one and done still. Even there- with partners, even with a new thought strategy, I can't. I can't. I can't get it. When Rom was winning on Thursday, I checked the one and done to see how I was doing because I knew I had John Rom, the Tambo and I team, and we were first place in the race for the Mayo Cup oh. if John Rom was winning. But yeah, he didn't win. So we're outside the top 100 now. Okay. I saw enough. Thursday night, someone put Rom to plus 550 for the players. So maybe you're getting value today. Yeah, maybe value it. Uh, he'll probably slip to nine. He had a bad week. How could he ever be good again? <laughs> that's how this works in the golf betting world. Yeah, the Zalatoris one's going to be interesting if that starts slipping. I will say the last time I had such a good feeling about someone winning the Players' Championship was Grio, and I think he was 14 over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I, bet I made a lot of bad Rio bets. Yeah, that was not a great one. I think we, I don't know if that was the year that Cam was doing the show with me or not. But guess what, Jeff? Golf viewers who love Cam are going to get some Cam in their lives tomorrow when me, Pizzola, and Cam do the Players' Championship best bets, those alternate markets. So I want to hear from you guys down in the comment section. Who do you think Cam's going to be on? Hmm. Chris Kirk? No, you know, Harris English just had a good week. He's betting Harris English. Almost guarantee you. I could see Cam being on Sungjae, the 40. And then he'll be mad that Cust is also on Sungjae, but then he'll say something really nice about Tim because he's a nice guy like that. Yeah, no, he'll be mad, and then he'll be like, I don't believe in that stuff. He'll get really mad, and then he'll close it by being like, I don't believe in that stuff anyways. And then he'll complain the next time he's on about believing in that stuff? Yeah, uh, that, yeah, I love it. The more, if you bring it, doing a best bets with those guys for the majors will be, uh, will be great, will be great. But Pizzola is going to be in trouble when you get to majors where they don't play, play events at ever. Well, we, we also have, Pizzola has been, uh, you know, a magnet for internet controversy over the past week too. Oh. So that's going to be, he's got the burner accounts and you know, chill picks guys coming at him. It's kind of fantastic. Johnny Paul's yeah, buddy, pe- Johnny the Greek coming at him. People are suggesting that um, this could be a big win for, um, like, I could get, next year you'll need a Pozzola rivalries category is essentially what the people are asking for, Pat. I like it. I, I think that Pozzola has seen how you have elevated your career by just arbitrarily picking fights with people. And now Pozzola's doing the same thing. <laughs> Paul, yes. I just wanted to say regarding Cam that David, take me to your Lingmurth is in the field. Is the in players. the field? Oh no! I, I, you know what? I can. I, I know this just because I was following it on Twitter a little bit. He made some sort of bet on Davis Riley yesterday to win the tournament at like two thousand to one, and he had a really good day. Hundred percent. He's some some bet tomorrow is going to feature Davis Riley featuring Cam. What is Davis Riley's odds? Because he's a roll. I love him. He's a roller coaster. Uh, people again, the corn fairy hardcores before last year were telling mo- like people who cared to listen that Davis Riley was going to be the one who could do what Cam Young did. He's a horrible putter, though, right? Unless he puts, he's like one of these guys that he's a horrible putter outside of the weeks he gains 10 strokes putting. <laughs> There's no in between with him. We saw it last year at Valspar. I mean, that was a Florida course. It's a tough Florida course. Maybe you can get it done. He's 130 to one at DraftKings right now. I like. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of uh, Riley. I'm not. I don't know that I'm going to circle a bet, but good for Cam. Let's let's see here. He gained 5.5 strokes on the greens last week. Minus 2.3. Oh. Minus 2.2. Minus 5.8. But then you get the good weeks. Yeah, last year in Mexico gained almost 10 strokes on the green. Gained almost eight over seven strokes at Valspar. Almost five at Sony. Like he has these big putt. It's a lot. It happens more often, but it's a lot like JB Holmes, where JB would lose 20 consecutive events, then lead the field every single day on the greens. Okay. I hear this and my golf betting brain goes to the fact, the fact that he's playing well in these super fields. If he plays well again this week, our number in the shitty fields is just gone. Like it's crushed because we were getting good Riley numbers in the jabroni fields, but now he's going to be back into like the twenties and thirties. The next time the jabronis round up for a PGA event. Well, especially next week too, because he'll probably play Valspar and that's where he lost in the playoff to Burns last year. Oh, he's going to be 24 to one or something. Yeah, it's going to suck. 
Anyway, them's the breaks when you bet on golf. Jeff Feinberg at GFeinberg17. Where else can people find you this week? Are you over on the OC? I'll be at the OC, I wish. Um, yeah, over at Odds Checker this week, previewing, giving my final betting picks there. Keep an eye for that. And we'll be uh, getting together on the Cut Sweat Show. Time to be determined, as obviously we'll figure out how Thursday works. Yeah, once we see the weather on Thursday, when the final groups go out, and when everything ends, when daylight actually comes down, I got the setup. We're going to do it a little bit more unconventionally, so I can watch eight streams at one time. In the, we won't be in the studio, we'll be inside the house at the studio, where we have the lounge, where we have all the TVs, and try to rig it up that way, so we can pay as much attention to the cut line for you as possible, because you know why? The broadcast ain't going to do that shit for you, so Pat going to try to step in with Jeff and Tim and some other friends to try to figure it out. So please sub to Mayo Media Network. Plus that gets you ballots in the drop for the $500 giveaway, but not as many ballots as subscribing to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple and Spotify, leaving a five-star review, getting yourself 10 ballots into that draw. I'll announce the winner with Tambo on Wednesday. Okay. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. All right, see you guys. Oh, Have hey, a good one, Jeff. Did, did you see this, Tim? The Saints are closing in on a deal with David Carr. Ooh. Derek Carr. De- uh, it says David oh. Carr in this tweet, but yes, I guess they mean Derek Carr. I'm surprised yeah. that they would make that. Well, I mean, I guess they're not really in the Rodgers sweepstakes. So if anything, that all that does is sort of screw Green Bay a little bit. And the Jets. But whatever, really... good for Carr. I think Carr and New Orleans, Carr and New Orleans make a lot of sense. I, I never thought yeah. that that was too far because uh, it looks like the the Panthers seem inclined to stick with Darnold for another year or so. Well, they're probably going to draft, but um, maybe. That but starts like today. Donald's Rogers will have made really, a really decision good. about his future before he goes on air with McAfee tomorrow. Like the league year's in a week. I, yeah, I sure. Oh, hope it's so. on today. I'm tired of refreshing Twitter every day. I'm well, tired today, of tomorrow, Twitter it's on today. Tomorrow, it's like the league starts pretty much today. Tomorrow, yeah, it's on. You're right. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.